0: Hello, beautiful, and welcome to Love, Sex, and Magic with me, your host, Mel Wells. Today's episode is with Nikki Sharp. Nikki Sharp is an internationally known wellness expert, health coach, and lifestyle blogger who has sold over 100,000 ebooks through her website, nikkisharp.com, on food and fitness. She's been featured on Access Hollywood Live, Fox News, Health Access Hollywood Live, Good Day LA, and has been deemed one of the fittest women on Instagram by Men's Health. As the founder of a well-known health and lifestyle brand, Nikki has proven through both her own practice and her legions of Instagram followers that her approach works. By simply shifting one's focus and celebrating all the foods that can be eaten as opposed to fixating on the foods that cannot be eaten, she ignites a positive outlook on eating clean. So in this episode, we actually had a really juicy, insightful conversation around what was going on behind the scenes at the height of Nikki's success in the wellness space. We talk about eating disorders, we talk about depression, we talk about financial problems, we talk about building businesses, all the stuff that you don't see on Instagram. So I really loved this episode. We went in so many different directions and I really feel like you're going to get so much from this episode, especially if you are someone that has a tendency to compare herself to people online. So let's get into the episode. So Nikki, welcome to Love, Sex and Magic.
1: I am so, I'm more than thrilled to be here. <laughs> dream come true of, of like being here in your dream that came true is pretty magical. Oh,
0: thank you so yeah. much. Thank you for being such a great friend to me since yeah. I moved to Miami. Cause you got to Miami six months before you. Yeah.
1: So, <laughs> I think six yeah, months before you. Yeah.
0: Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. So we became friends through Instagram, Yeah, but I don't know if you know this, But I actually remember following you many, many years ago. No, I had no idea. Yes. I started following you when I was at the start of my health journey Mm. because you were one of the first big health influencers um, Mm. that I could see that was like building a brand and a business through talking about health. Now, I've actually got your two books here. The Five Day Real Food Detox, which Mm. has sold how many
1: copies? Tons. Uh, As an ebook prior to turning it into a book, it sold 100,000 copies. And then we turned it, well, I turned it into an app and the app went number one in six countries for the detox. And then obviously with the book, it became, you know, Amazon bestseller for weeks on end. So,
0: right. So you, so this, (laughs) you know, to all intents and and purposes to everyone watching, you know, you had this really huge brand. You had this two book deal situation going on, Mm -hmm. tons of followers traveling the world, Beautiful, Obviously, you're gorgeous, but like gorgeous body as well. Um, what was actually going on behind the scenes for you? Because I know from what you've shared with me, it was, there was a lot of things that were not being shared on
1: Instagram. Right. Right. It's, you know, Instagram's such an interesting world where... Everyone compares their life to what you show. and I, I tell people this that what I show is a millisecond of my day. Of a twenty four hour day, you get to see one millisecond where one snapshot was taken. And I mean, there's there's been so many things that have gone on over the past you know many years since I started. But yeah, I, I was one of the first wellness influencers. All the magazines were writing about me, which was very cool and also really boosts your ego. And so then the ego gets bigger and bigger, and I've gone through a bunch of ego deaths, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, subsequently, but the main thing was, well, one of the I guess starting point of when I started, I had what you would call overnight success. I wrote this detox program, and it it started selling immediately and that's because i believe i was a channel from god universe divine spirit whatever you know someone wants to call it i i channeled a message that was meant to come out to the world so because of that i remember even like when i i priced the ebook it, it, i was like i'm I'm, tra- I'm not charging for the information i'm charging just because i know you're gonna come to me with questions and I, I sold a lot of copies. I was making a, I was making like $50,000 a month on ebooks before there was a link in bio, like mm. in 2014. Like yeah. this was a long that time ago. That was like ago. before most people even got on Instagram. Right. Before there was even a word for influencers. Right, there was no, there was no influencer. And everyone was so kind to each other. Everyone, like we shared, everyone grew because we shared each other and we collaborated and we mm. shouted each other out just because we all knew that we wanted to help each other. And it's, it's a very different world now, which makes me sad, but we also found each other in that new world. So it Mm -hmm. pros and cons to everything. But the main thing was during that time, I then had a business, someone, an agent who came a manager agent who came and then said, I'll be your PR agent. And then I'm going to get you a manager. And I was like, okay, great. And I, I did actually need that at the time. And then she went and got me this uh, whole big accounting firm that was doing uh, they were the accountants for the, the woman who wrote 50 shades of gray. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't, I don't really need an accounting firm that big. You know, she got me a lawyer to draft a will in case I, I mean, like wow. you name it, like I, wow. she hired all these people. And so I was paying 16,000 pounds a month for six months not including the rebrand. Mm-hmm. And that was an additional cost. And after that, I realized my funds had dried up. So and you were paying all these expenses out yep. for the promise of... Them bringing more business
0: A in. big business. Yeah. And so that hadn't materialized. No, none at all. So you, how old were you at this time? 26. So 26-year-old yeah. influencer doing things for the first time there's not been a lot of people that have done it before you. So there's no like roadmap really like laid out for you. And you've got these people that come along and say, we're going to help you build this business. We're going to make this take off.
1: Right. Cause then, and I'm sure you've had this too. People look at you and what you've built and they're like, I can help you get to the next level. And I do think inherently humans are not mean people. I think that everyone is doing the best they can with what they know now. Mm -hmm. I really, truly believe that. And it, in the moment it sucks and it doesn't feel good, but it was a a really big kind of wake up call. What happened next? Where I started letting them all go being like this. I I cut the branding in the very middle of them doing everything. I was like this, it's, it's not worth it for me to pay any more money for this. And so I ended up getting sued by two different people. I got a A legal letter that I was about to be sued by the accounting firm because they were trying to charge me 12,000 pounds for six months of work. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening. So it, I learned about business really quickly of Mm. how quickly you can make money and how fast you can lose it.
0: Mm, Wow. And also that like, no one knows your business and your vision better than you. Yeah. At this time, like, you also had like a big audience that had Mm -hmm. amassed and it was, you were, you know, like I said earlier, you were like one of the first, you were kind of not on your own, but I mean, did it feel lonely?
1: Oh yeah. It's, it, it still feels lonely. Honestly, Instagram is a very lonely place unless you make real world connections like this. Mm -hmm. And as we get more connected, we get more disconnected with humans, ironically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, during this time, I was doing something completely new. And it's not like I set out, like in today's day and age, we were like, I want to be an influencer. I want to make money. I want to, and the influencer is kind of the new term of celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know, people, they, they want, they want to be seen and heard. And mm-hmm. that's what most celebrities really are, unless you really love your craft. Right. But an influencer, like for me, I I don't even care about the term now. I actually think that the word influencer is a bad term for someone like me, because I'm like, I'm not trying to be an influencer. I'm trying to be influential, right? Very right. big difference. And so during this time when I'm 26 and, you know, my ego goes from making 50,000 a month, this boardroom, you know, meeting after meeting and feeling amazing and 26 mm-hmm. years old and just like killing the game with like my, my Instagram account grew 10,000 in January to hundred thousand by May. Like it was, everything was on the rise, on the rise, on the rise. And when you're at the top, you never think, and you know this, you never think it's going to come crashing down Mm -hmm. overnight. Mm -hmm. And it did. And I was sued and I had to pay a lot of money out and I fought things and I was lonely. Wow. And it was, that's the side that people have never seen. I don't share Mm. that. Um, Not because I don't want to, I've just been kind of waiting for the right time and moment, but everyone looks at my life and they have my, my whole life. And they think that, wow, and especially where I am now, they think, you know, okay, you look the way that you do. You're skinny, you're tall, you're pretty, all these things. And it's like, I've had to work so fucking hard to get to where I am. I've had no shortcuts. I was not handed a plate of anything. I was not handed a business manager. Every modeling agency I've ever been with has ended up letting me go because they can't get me work because Mm -hmm. I'm not the right sizes for the modeling industry the health industry within like the influencer world, all these agents are like, oh my God, we'd love to have you. And then they can't get me any work either because they don't know how to place me. So I don't really fit in anywhere. Mm. And what is that teaching you? (laughs) What has that taught you? To fit out. Because whatever industry I've been in, I've never fit into what the mold was. And what I've realized is I'm trying to create something entirely new that's never been done before. Mm. So how can I fit into something if it's never been done?
0: And I don't think any of us are meant to fit into those boxes really at all. It's this old way of seeing different industries. Are you in this industry? Or are you in this industry? Or are you in this industry? Really what we've got the power and the freedom to do now is create anything we want from our personalities so we can be a blend of this industry yeah. and this industry and this industry with with a hint of this industry right, and right. A, a flare of this industry yeah. and it's like we can do it all yeah. um but it's so important that we that we know ourselves as we're going into that and we're not trying to be something for an audience yeah. or for a certain demographic or for you know someone else yeah so what i want to know about because you know I struggled with eating disorders for like seven years. Mm. And as I was getting into the health coaching world, I really turned to health coaching and nutrition and recipes as a way to channel an unhealthy obsession with Mm. food in a different way. So it was a healthier way, but it was still an obsession with food. What I'm curious to know is you have these amazing books, you had this huge following, but behind the scenes... There was a lot of other stuff going on. How was your mental health? How was your relationship Mm. with food behind the scenes?
1: Great question. And, you know, your audience knows your story as my audience knows my story. And your audience probably doesn't know my story. So I'll just share the, the really quick back end of it. I suffered from absolutely everything you can imagine. I've been hospitalized more times than I care to count for, like I was hospitalized at seven because I had stomach pains. They shoved uh, something up my vagina for God knows what reason. I was hospitalized again when I was 13, again for too much acid in my stomach. I was on sleeping pills for seven years straight, five years straight. I had insomnia for seven years straight. I've been on Accutane or Roaccutane three times in my life, because every, every dermatologist I ever went to said, yeah, you're just on an unlucky one. You're probably gonna have to be on it for the rest of your life, right? I've had doctors just prescribe me depression medication. And on top of that, then I had two eating disorders and body dysmorphia and all of these things. And so I share that because through the journey, I've really learned compassion and empathy for just about every human being in this life because it's like, I've probably felt what you're going through. But during this this incredible time and also very challenging time of, you know, doing my, my ebook and the detox and everything's going well and then everything goes bad. It's, I was in the middle of my, my eating disorder journey as well. And so here I am teaching about health because it's what was saving me. Mm. And I remember even the, the first recipes that I started looking at, it was it was like a light bulb moment went off in my head saying, eat good food, feel good, eat bad food, feel bad. But when you're in stress and the sympathetic nervous system and you're young, right. And you don't have all these tools and you don't have mentors and you don't have a community. And my parents, I love them to death, but they were not, they supportive for this new career that I was doing. I felt really alone. And then what do you do when you're alone? Well, you typically sabotage. And so we all have our ways of sabotage. And so for mine, it was, it was just this ongoing, the eating disorder just kept going up and down and it would get better and then it would get worse. Mm. And so here I am teaching all of these things at the same time that I'm also struggling to help my own health, just to be healthy in my life. And, you know, when I look back on my journey now, I'm like, I wouldn't have changed any of it as hard as it is. And you know, Mm. this it's. Every single day of pain and suffering has defined who I am today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's just such a poignant reminder for people yeah. that nobody is perfect no matter what you see on Instagram. You know, I am sure that you had so many people have you on this pedestal, mm-hmm. you know, so many followers in a sh- such a short amount of time, so much success, so much beauty, so much perfection. I'm sure people will right. have seen through that lens. And it seems like you were also putting yourself through that lens of perfectionism as well. Right. Um, you know, just this week I saw Bella Hadid. But I was going to bring that up. Yeah yeah. 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 Like share that, you know, she's this huge celebrity, supermodel, I don't know. Is she a reality TV star as well? She was, yeah. Okay, yeah. so but huge, yeah. right? So so yeah, like eighteen famous. million followers or something, right? Millions, and so many girls look up to her. And she posted a real behind the scenes yeah. with her crying and saying, like, my life has been, you know, my mental health has not been in a good place for the last three years, right? You know. And I think it's just such a good reminder that when we pedestal these people in that way it's not good it's not good for us and it's not good for them we're turning them into these godlike figures right. that we worship right you know and it's it's just not sustainable it's not good for our collective community at Mm-mm. all for our for our world and I think we do that because we've lost our connection with god with divinity right. with spirit and so we're putting these people in these godlike positions and saying, you must be perfect. Yeah. And it's not the truth because we're just human beings. We're all flawed. Even someone like you that writes this, these amazing books, you know, there's, it doesn't mean you live a perfect life and have the perfect diet a hundred percent of the time. And I, and I really want people to get
1: that. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so interesting too talking about the whole celebrity world. Like I remember when I was I was living in London doing my ebook and, and sharing all of these things. It was right before I created the, the five day detox. And I remember going through a binge and I just, it, you know, when you go through a binge, you feel awful about mm-hmm. yourself, about everything. And I remember thinking, God, I just want to know that Giselle or Miranda Kerr, women that I looked up to supermodels. I'm like, I just want to know that they have a bad day and that they binge or eat bad or something and that they get over it. I just need that as some help. Well, still to this day, I don't really think either one of them has ever come out and shared. So I do believe that there are certain people that put out what they want to put out as a brand, as it, like, there's no reason for Miranda Kerr to share her personal life and if she's struggling or not. But I do recall that being the very day that I said, if I'm ever known for any reason, I will always be the person that gives someone else hope
0: mm, because I
1: felt yeah. hopeless and I felt like there was no support. Nobody cared. So I'm now that person to people and it's interesting as my account has gotten bigger, the books have come, TV, you know, things like that. It's it's actually gotten harder to be authentic on Instagram because you're now battling with people who are doing becoming it, it's I can't remember the name that there was, but it's people becoming it's like the anti Instagram thing where they're like I'm not using any filters and I'm going to post everything real and raw. And I'm like that's great. But then also there is a side that I think, I like following people that are aspirational and and inspirational. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a a balance between the two. And, you know, like with my account, I love beautiful photography. I love modeling because it's telling a story.
0: Yeah. I think it's about finding the right balance for you because I also remember when I was, um, in the coaching space in terms of eating psychology and helping women with eating disorders and body image and self-love, that was like my main focus for a long time. And I remember I would share photos of like belly rolls and like Instagram versus reality. And it was like this whole thing, like this was years ago. And, um, It made me feel good because I felt like, oh, I'm being real. And the people that were commenting were like, thank you so much for showing that this is real. And then after a while, it's like I kind of grew out of that. And I was like, no, I actually do want beautiful photos of me. And I actually do want a beautiful brand. And I actually don't feel good when I share like that kind of thing on social media. So I think some people, that's their thing. Right. And they get a lot from that and a lot of... um, that feels like a really good thing for them to do and it feels really good for their audience and they've built big, you know, brands out of it and I think that is so, that must be very healing for you to do.
1: That I think and that's I, yeah, the key. Yeah. Like, it's the things that we share are actually what are, he- it's healing us. Mm-hmm. And we just happen to have it, a community and an audience that we get to inspire. But ultimately, like you share what's healing you. Yes. I share what's healing me. And I'm. Yeah. it's the same thing where like every once in a while, I'll share a photo of like my skin mm-hmm. before and after. what Just to show that like, yes, I still get bloated. I still get skin problems. Like we're all human. The, yeah. the human body is fascinating. Yeah, There's no such thing as perfection, but it's everything that I share especially in my captions, especially the photos. And if they're beautiful, you can always tell what sort of mood I'm in by what I'm posting. Mm.
0: I think this is really important to note for anyone that wants to build a brand, because I also coach women on their businesses, on building their queendoms. And something that I often see reflected is people are so hard that that people people are trying so hard to be relatable Mm -hmm. that sometimes they don't allow themselves permission to actually be inspirational. Yes. Because they're like, I've got to be real. I've got to be real. I've got to be real. And I'm like, be real, be so real and give people something to inspire, to aspire to. That's okay as well. So I've, I found my personal blend of like being, being the, being inspiring and also being real and sharing what I want to share and being vulnerable with the things that I want to be. But I don't feel the call to like share the stuff that I was sharing five years ago. Right. That doesn't feel like me
1: anymore. It feels like I've healed that and evolved past it. Exact, Exactly. I mean, nail on the head. It's we post what we need healing in that moment, mm-hmm. right? Your whole breakup and, and doing that and sharing it publicly when you were ready, mm-hmm. right? That was the key because we're friends. I saw a different, Side come out and the healing that happened was like this is my journey and I'm not going to share it until I'm ready. Whereas I feel like so many people are like I need to share it here now in the moment to be relatable and real. Well, we're still sharing things because we're trying to heal ourselves or we're trying we're going through something or we're sharing it because oh my gosh this is a message I need to hear mm-hmm. or like what I'll take you know messages that like go. I talk about like with my clients, for example, and then I'll go write an Instagram post about it. And what I find so fascinating on that is all the clients that I have, and I don't know if you find this, but my private one-on-one clients, every time I get one, they remind me of something else that I need to heal in myself, Mm -hmm. or there's a trigger point where I'm teaching them something, or it's a reflection in a mirror of the work that I've done. And I'm like, Wow. And my clients mm-hmm. just keep up leveling and I keep up leveling and it's, it's really amazing. So I think that you're totally correct in that finding that, that balance. And I'm in so much agreement that you can be aspirational, inspirational, and still real. Absolutely. And, and I think that that's one thing that I would give myself credit for. Right. And I think that we don't give ourselves credit enough. Mm-hmm. I think that it's always like, Oh no, I can't, I can't, say something nice about myself. I really am am happy about the brand that I've created in that I post, I post what my audience engages with and what do they engage with? They love beautiful photos of me. They love beautiful, like they love me in bikini photos. They really do that. Those are the ones that get the most engagement. But the thing is, I know that if I capture your attention with a photo, you're going to read my Instagram post, like the the caption And so for me, it's, I'm not just sitting there posting bikini photos. I'm talking about the human body and how it changes. I'm talking about them, you know, your mental place and how that affects your body Mm -hmm. and your gut flora and all these things and, and your relationships. And it just so happens that I get to do that while also taking beautiful photos, traveling across this beautiful earth that Mm. we have.
0: I hope that you are loving this episode so far. I'm just gonna take a little pause and tell you about our sponsor for today. And that is a health coaching certification that really changed the course of my life, IIN. So when I signed up for IIN to become a health coach in 2013, I did not know that that would have changed the course of my life forever. And since then, as you know, I've gone on to work with so many different women through my coaching, courses, memberships. I've written two books with a third on the way, hosted over 30 retreats around the world, spoken on epic stages like TEDx and Google, and have been featured in Forbes, Cosmo, Vogue, and so many more. I had no idea that any of this was coming, but my entire personal and professional journey has evolved exponentially along with my business, so much more than I could have ever imagined when I first signed up to work with IIM. This was a game-changing decision for me. You know, investing in a school that had integrity, a school that had a reputation that could not only set me up for success, but really equip me with the essential tools and knowledge that I needed to set up a coaching business from the ground up. You know, I really started with zero, um, and it's really helped me create this authentic, embodied, and empowering approach to my business that has followed along the eight years that I've now been in this industry. So I wanna say a huge thank you to the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, IIN. And IIN is our sponsor for today. So I'm a proud partner now with IIN because it truly is the most transformational, comprehensive and credible holistic health education available. It's fully online. It teaches nutrition and nutritional science coaching mythologies, life coaching skills, business and marketing skills, and personal development tools. So it's not just about nutrition. I really want you guys to know that. They created the field of health coaching nearly 30 years ago, and they've become the world's most renowned online health coaching and nutrition school with over 110,000 students and graduates in 175 countries. I always recommend people to go to IIN because they really set their graduates up for success. You know, whether they want to start their own health coaching practice, become a wellness entrepreneur, or simply transform how they feel. For me, when I first started working with clients, I was terrified. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Uh, but when I started IIN, it was really part of the process of like helping us know what to do, helping us know how to get clients, how to work with clients. It really supported me in establishing my own unique magic, my own authentic message that would set my coaching and my business apart from everyone else. And, you know, the same for everyone else who worked through that certification alongside me. You're gonna learn at IIN that achieving optimal health is not just about the food on your plate, it's about how you nourish yourself in your life, through your relationships, your spirituality, your career, your environment, and much more of what they call primary foods so regardless of the path that you choose the personal transformation that iin students and graduates experience is profound and they really do continue to spread just such a massive ripple of health and happiness around the world now is a better time than ever to answer the call and become a coach especially because as a proud partner of iin i'm offering an exclusive discount to my love sex and magic listeners which can score you two thousand and fifty dollars That's $2050 off your tuition. Not just that, but you're also gonna receive some juicy business coaching from me when you enroll with my unique link. So if you wanna learn how to build impact and change lives with the world's leading health coach certification school, get started today by heading to the link in the show notes make sure that when you speak to them on the phone you say my name and you will get all of these juicy bonuses so head to the link in the show notes with all the details on how to get that special discount off your tuition as someone that followed you so long ago Mm. and now knowing you today in real life as well as obviously on instagram (laughs) i've really seen the journey that you've been on in terms of your spiritual journey, your soulful journey, and just really doing the inner work, which is, I don't think you were in that place all those years ago Mm -mm. when all of that success was happening. Mm -mm. So tell us about your two year soul battle that you decided
1: to take. So I didn't actually decide to take a sabbatical, and I call it that a sabbatical instead of a sabbatical because a sabbatical is what we know, you know, a teacher is 50 years old. They've been teaching for 30 years, 25 years, and then they're going to take a year off and they're going to go travel the world and do something very different just to experience life. I had published both my books. I had right before my second book, meal prep, your way to weight loss came out. I actually went to Africa and this is where everything started. It, it kickstarted this journey that I had. And I remember going I volunteered for 3 weeks with one of my friends and we went there saying, okay, we're going to, you know, help so many people and we're going to teach all the women how to sell business and do business online and and what did we end up doing? Well, we went to a a beautiful kind of orphanage where this woman has has raises kids that their family has died from HIV AIDS. Right. And so the, the point of the story is that I go there thinking, okay, I'm going to go and save all these Africans. And what I learned coming back was I was saving myself. I was going there to save myself and to heal myself. So I get back during Christmas time, the holidays, and I realized how happy these beautiful children in Africa were with nothing with, you know, they would like make little toys out of a water bottle, you know, a, a plastic one. And then here in the West, everyone had, so many things, material stuff. And I watched kids unwrap presents and just leave the toy and walk away. And I'm like, it, "It." so the Africa trip truly transformed my way of thinking. And I went into a massive depression as soon as I got back from Africa. Again, another story I really haven't shared with my audience yet, but I went through such a deep depression where I was drinking in the middle of the day. I was living in LA being like, there's nothing else to do. Work isn't picking up and, and all of that. And this was... This was about six months before this book came out. And I remember one day I was in the shower and I just fell to the floor and I was crying. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm depressed. I'm unhappy. You know, I have this great career from the outside and yet I'm I'm miserable. And a little voice, and the voice is always a whisper, right? Mm -hmm. A little voice said, go to Paris dye your hair brown over New Year's Eve and don't tell anyone until you post a photo saying, I woke up in Paris with brown hair. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I go and look at tickets and they're like exponentially way too much money. And the universe does this just to see if you're really ready for this next transformation. And so long story short is that found a ticket, ended up going, dye my hair brown. What I learned from that was that it was me trying to get in touch with, the goddess that I was back from like Mesopotamia, like a a past life. And I I channeled that went back into that past life actually with a healer. It was insanely cool. And I learned that my modern day body and soul was just trying to channel that of which she was by dyeing my hair brown and everything. So I come and I go do the book and, and my Mm. boyfriend at the time, I'm really stressed out about this book, right? As you do, when you write a book, you're like, I want it to become bestseller and everything. And he said, you know, what's the best case scenario? I said, well, best case, New York times, bestseller. I go on all these TV shows. It sells a bunch of copies. I get to help so many people, right? He goes, okay, what's the worst case? What's going to happen? I said, well, book comes out. I'm still really proud of myself. I am not going to go do the TV shows. It doesn't hit bestseller and I'm going to move to Paris. And so what ended up happening was right after the, the second book came out, I decided to move to Paris anyways, even though it became bestseller on yeah. Amazon, even though I did the TV, TV shows, shows decided. I, my yeah. soul had already decided. And, and the reason that my soul was telling me to go to Paris the first time to go dye my hair brown was just to get used to being a Parisian.
0: Yeah. You know, every time I've had the call to dye my hair, which I've done a lot, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm ready to shed an old skin. Yes. I'm ready for a rebirth. I'm ready for a new yes. version of me. I'm ready to shed an old identity and step into a new version of me. I think yeah. there's that quote. And I know it's like something some, of like when a
1: girl cuts yeah. her hair, yeah. you know that like she's done with you or something she's or she's to about, change about to change her life. life. Yeah, something. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, you can cut bangs, hair short, dye your hair—absolutely.
0: Yeah, it sounds like a little thing, but it, it's actually—it's a, a monumental, Huge. symbolic
1: thing yeah. for a woman to do. Yeah, it's—it's yeah. it's absolutely monumental, and so that's—that's that's what ended up happening. And I didn't know at the time; it it i was calling it a sabbatical at the time. And with my ex, we had a very codependent, toxic relationship and he was my biggest teacher in life. So I thank him for that. And I have no negative energy towards it. At the time, it was really, really hard though. Um, We, yeah, so we go to Paris, we break up, make up, break up, make up. It was just ongoing. And then I decided to move back to Paris by myself. So I had to come back to LA to record my podcast actually back a, a few years ago and, in that time, we broke up once again, and I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna go back this time," and that's just what my soul said. So I went back there. I put all this money down on on a place I had never seen in person—only photos. Put the deposit down an hour before my flight to to Paris, and I get there and I walk into my apartment, and it's just like I'm I'm home. This is crazy. It's just when you follow that intuition, it's just it never leads you astray. So I go in there and it, I don't know if you ever saw photos of it. I, I have to show you. It's like the it was quintessential Parisian apartment. So during this time I'm living in Paris, very lonely. And I say that Paris is one of the best places to be lonely. It's just so, because it brings up so much, but then you can just go walk these romantic streets and mm. get a glass of wine and eat cheese and a baguette. And it, it also really helped me in my healing journey with food, because here you are in a place where they have no restriction. Mm. It's not like the West where it's like, oh, I'm going to be keto, vegan, you know, paleo, raw, whatever it is, Atkins, South Beach. They're like, I'm just going to enjoy this very indulgent food for a few bites. Yes. They have. They seem to have a much more healthy relationship exactly. with food, regardless
0: of what is actually on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And
1: so being there and being very lonely, it really helped me learn about trusting my intuition, trusting my body, intuitively eating as I was going through this journey exploring, being alone, being okay with being alone. And then from there I moved back to London and then I ended up going to Bali to go write my book and ended up staying there for three months. And Bali has <laughs> a way, Bali, Bali has my... a way. She of, holds you. Yeah. She I, I, holds I hear this you. so
0: much Is like people's spiritual journey just kind of accelerates and goes
1: to a whole nother level yeah. when they get the call to move to, to Bali move.
0: on a one way ticket.
1: Cause I had yeah. been there seven times before I go every year, sometimes two times a year. And this is the first time where, and I didn't plan on, I plan on staying one month and then I, I stayed longer. And Mm -hmm. anyway, so cut the long story long is that by the end of it, I then get the calling to come back to LA and I go back to LA in January, 2020. And my intuition says, go there. And then in May, go back to London, like go do, you know, the European summer, all of that. And then COVID hits. So I'm back with my ex at this time. I go to London. I'm in London for quarantine. And and the reason that it kind of jumps forward so quickly from Paris, which was like two years ago or three years ago, was because I then go to London for quarantine, end up breaking up with him. And it's the it's the final like soul cutting final breakup. and. After that, moved back to Colorado to be with my mom where I had some inner child healing to do with her and all of this fun stuff. And then I moved to Miami and it's when I got to Miami and one more big thing, two more big things, but one more like really big thing that you know about the company stuff, one more just universe was like, or my soul yeah. was like, come on, baby, give me more. <laughs> and so I feel like I did this two year sabbatical or sabbatical in that I didn't know what it was going into it. But it was my soul basically going into a cocoon and it was terrifying. And I had no idea what I was gonna be doing. I had no belief in myself. I was in debt when I started it. Mm. I went, I joined Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership. I did all these amazing things. And here I am, a successful woman, pretty, you know, blah, 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 all the things Instagram following, two book deal, da, 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 having no fucking idea what I was doing with my life. None. And my Instagram following sort of saw it, but not really. Wow. And I didn't tell them because I was going through it in the moment. Kind of like mm. with your breakup, you can't talk about it until you're ready. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I moved to Miami, I got my own place, and I finally felt secure for the first time in my life by myself with myself. Mm. And the Beautiful. moment that I felt that, I swear my, the butterfly emerged. And she was like, well, hello, it's great to meet you. Mm. And that's where I feel in now. Wow. So that was, yeah, the, the soul battle And I, I encourage everyone to go on it, but it's, it's a scary, lonely, tough journey. Mm-hmm. It sounds it's like so you were funny. really being initiated into yeah.
0: the next version of you. And all of these challenges that you had to overcome were to really bring you to a place of true self-love and true inner success, you know, because... Honestly, like the, the person back then, like when you talk about all these different things that were going on, I'm like, wow, like I can't imagine that happening to you right now because of the amount of work that you've done on yourself now and how you, the relationship that you have on your spiritual path with yourself, what you've created in your life. Um, Because what I feel now from knowing you is a person who is successful on the inside Right. So can you speak about the things that you've learned about yeah. success? Yeah,
1: it's tr- it, it really is true. As, as the saying goes, you can have all the success and riches in the world and still be miserable inside. And that was very much what I experienced. It's like I went into the modeling industry. I was miserable, even though I was on billboards and covers of magazines. Mm-hmm. I have a two book deal with Random House for a lot of money. Still wasn't very happy. Mm-hmm. Number one app iTunes have 30 podcast, And I only list these because it's, that's what we equate success to be. Happiness. Ha- or we equate happiness to, yeah, with, with success. And, mm-hmm. and what I learned through this whole journey was that, you know, as cliche as it sounds, and it totally is cliche, but it's so true that happiness comes from when you are complete with yourself, that you don't need someone else or something else or something external To fulfill you, and for me, I was always looking for security from other people, from my ex, or from a a business manager. I was always looking for them to be that piece that I couldn't do on my own. And and what I've realized in that is that no one's going to have your back like you do. No one will. Your fiance, your husband, your wife, your lover, your business partner—nobody will. And so, doing the whole journey that I have, it's learning to realize that I'm a beautiful person because the inside of me is beautiful. And I during my my whole travels, I got two tattoos and and they're my, maybe I'll get another one, maybe not, but I did them in Bali on my last day. And the first one is on my ring finger saying trust. Mm. And I did that one because I needed to trust that the right partner was going to be there. Or if my ex was the right person, I needed to trust it. I also needed to trust that I was on this journey of this relationship that was traumatic and hard and toxic and broke me to pieces multiple times over and over again. I needed to trust that I was going through whatever journey I was. Mm. And I put it on that finger just to keep reminding myself that. And so now when I look at my engagement ring and I see that, I'm like, oh, it, it brings up so much meaning. And then the other one I got was a heart on my wrist pointing out. And instead of it pointing in where I see it, it's a reminder that I can't always see the love that I'm giving, but do all things with love. And the love has to start from me, and then it can flow outward.
0: Mm, beautiful.
1: you know, and and those are the the two big things that have really been a, a guiding light for me. But knowing that only I ultimately can fill my love tank. Yes, other people can come and and fill it to various levels. Mm-hmm. But I need to be the person that fills me up the most and first. And if my love tank is overflowing, which it is most of the time, I then know I'm never making a wrong decision because nobody makes a wrong decision when it's made out of love.
0: Beautiful. And just, I know that the answer to this, but for everyone listening, what has that self love done for you in your life? Like what has manifested, what has come to fruition? What is your life like now as a result of that self love? And for everyone listening that is really interested in your relationship with food. How has that changed, Mm. you know, since you really found this new
1: layer, this new level, sorry, of deep self-love? Yeah, great, great questions and very profound and and hopefully healing for other people. Doing the self-work is is not easy, and you know that. And it's the more that I went into that and the self-love, what ended up happening was the moment... And it's, it really was this. The moment that I started owning my power, taking it back, not giving it away to people and saying, oh, this happened because of this. And you know the whole story of what I'm talking about. When I took my power back and I said, okay, I'm allowed to be sad. I'm allowed to be pissed off. I'm allowed to be angry about this. And then I have to do something about it. So taking ownership was the first step taking 100% responsibility is really what I call it, because so often we become victims without even knowing that we're being victims. So taking ownership, then going out and putting all of my, I, I say, when you're feeling down, go into service to others, call your friends, check in with them. And that's something that I've been doing for years. And so as I was going through this deep journey from when I moved to Miami, especially, because all of a sudden I'm alone in a new place during COVID, it's you know strange and weird. And in this moment, I start cultivating so much love towards my friends. And I remember thinking, wow, whoever comes into my life is going to be mother effing lucky because I have the most amazing friends in the world. I have an incredible family. I've done the healing with my mom. I feel incredible about what I'm doing. I'm being of service. I am I love you know this passion and purpose I have. And the moment that I started thinking that... A man literally dropped into my life, i.e. via Instagram (laughs) and, you know, of all places, places, right. (laughs) And people are so scared of online dating. And I'm like, well, I met him technically because of online dating. We were both on an app, but didn't connect there. He dropped into or slid into my DMS. And yeah,
0: I was just going to (laughs) say, like, I can't imagine anyone meeting anyone now, not online. Like, even if you meet someone at a bar. You go You're going to go and yeah. have a look at their Instagram. <laughs> Can totally. I just stalk you first before I... Because you want to get to know someone. And that, the way
1: of doing that is like having a look at what they're up to. Right. Just to get a sense of, of who they are. And, and like, is this person safe? You know, yeah. is this person my vibe? That's, that's it. And, and so about six months from when i broke up with my ex the final time and i went into probably the deepest i mean they've all been very deep levels of healing but probably the deepest level of healing that i've been through and also the the crunchiest it was as soon as i realized you know how amazing my life was and that i i didn't want to date and i actually got off the app too and that's why he messaged me on on instagram he had started following me because he, he really liked the photos that I was posting and the content that I was sharing. And he, it resonated with him. He could see my values in what I was posting. And this is, you know, anyone who has their own brand, what a magical thing that you can share your values through what you post. You don't need to post hundred percent real, you know, unfiltered photos of it doesn't need to be all pimple photos. It's like, you can still show the real you through your captions, through your photos, through what you share in your stories, it's your essence. your essence, mm-hmm. And so he messaged me and we had, uh, three, yeah, three weeks of just deep, deep chats. And people often ask me, you know, what, how did, how do you find a man in today's day and age who's into spirituality and is into all of that? And I say, because I don't have space for anyone, but I just, I'm not even going to call in that at that point. Right. Like kind of like your, your thing that you said with the apartment, you're like, it's a yes, there's nothing other. I'm not available. I'm for not a available no. for
0: a no. Right. I'm and, only available for people that can meet me at this level. And I yeah. think what you're talking about is like, you loved yourself so much that you raised the standards right. on who was allowed into your life. And I think that's a really good piece of advice for anyone mm-hmm. That is wanting to call in a relationship, wanting to call in a new love, or even a new apartment, or you know, a anything. new, a new, a new life. Anything, yeah. Right. It's
1: like, do you love yourself enough to keep your standards high, and push them higher, mm. higher than you think they should be? Mm. That that was the big thing, right? And so, cut to we're engaged now. <laughs> yes. And we got engaged within six months of knowing each other, and we moved in within three months of knowing each other, and we mm-hmm. said, "I love you." Within Two weeks of our first date. And I said it first. And I think there's so much, you know, so many rules that that women have. Oh, the guy has to say it first. Oh, the guy has to do this. Oh, da, da, da. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, there's no rules. There's no expectations. There's no nothing. But by taking away my expectations, I showed up in my more feminine goddess, just essence, which Mm -hmm. allowed him to be in the more masculine and so just everything flowed, and then we found that, oh, all these fears were coming up, and, and we would just be like, "Hey, what what fear do you have? What's coming mm-hmm, up?" Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about it." And so through that, we were able to just navigate things really, really quickly. And so by the time we got engaged, and, and you know this, we sent out wedding invites a week later after six months of knowing each other. And people, I remember yeah, getting yeah, that email, were like, "What? <laughs> and it happened because We'd already, I'd started planning the wedding two months before because we knew because our communication was so deep, Mm. but here's the thing. The communication with myself had to be even deeper. I had to be willing to say, Hey, Nikki, you're really scared right now. What's coming up for you, babe. I had to be willing to meet myself and understand what my needs were and meet them. Mm. Otherwise they're going to turn to expectations and expectations turn into resentment. Yeah. And so by doing that, we have this beautiful relationship. It doesn't mean it's perfect at all. There's no such thing. But instead of having fights, we have crunchy moments.
0: I love that you always call them <laughs> crunchy moments. You're the only person that I know that, that uses that word crunchy, but I love the way that
1: you use it. Crunchy, crunchy moments. It's a, to me, a fight is something that should really be labeled a fight. Like it's a right. big ass deal. A fight is a, It's like, that's quite a strong word. It's a strong word. Yeah. I'd so, I always think when crunchy, you know, the crunchy cad, cad, Cadbury chocolate, the yeah. crunchies. Ooh, it's just a little bit crunchy. It's like, crunch, <laughs> right? It's crunchy. And then I learned a new one. Prickly. Ooh, that's that, a good one. That word. you're being Ooh. prickly. And Ooh. so I'll, I'll be like... Things are feeling a little bit prickly, prickly in, our house. in our house right now. <laughs> right. But like it really... Being prickly can lead to a crunchy moment. Yeah. So much better than being like, you're being a bitch. <laughs> well... This is a fight. Being... Having a prickly moment can be
0: the result of being a bit of a prick. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's 100%. What I, I've learned, though, is A, bring, bring laughter and playfulness into everything. And so mm-hmm. I have to do that first with myself. All relationships that I have with others start with me and how I treat myself. So your other question was, you know, how has it impacted food? Yes. I have zero remnants of my eating disorder now. Zero. And people look at me and I still get comments every once in a while of like, oh, you're too skinny, eat it. Bro. Like, <laughs> why would I do something based on what you think I should do in my life? Why? I'm living my life based on all the trials and tribulations that I've gone through. Mm-hmm. I love who I am today. I nourish my body with incredible food, but I actually, to my my ultimate transformation program right now, my group program, I had a, I'm having them answer a question, which is, What does the word healthy mean to you? If you had to define it, what does healthy mean? What does healthy living mean? And here's the thing. We don't actually think about that. And it's going to be different. It's going to be a different answer for every single one of us. Mm -hmm. And so I used to have the definition of healthy living as perfection, as being strict, as eating, you know, three strict meals with all the right things, the kale, the celery, the, da, 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 whatever it is, not drinking, exercising every day or five days a week, really like militant. But the problem with that is there's no joy. And when you take away joy from life, then we start to, once again, hold expectations to other people because we feel bad about ourselves. And mm. we start looking for fulfillment from other people. And so through this whole journey, I found so much joy in my life through getting to know me, through mm. all the journaling, through all the tears, through all of just everything, moving to a new city, knowing nobody. And I was like, all right, mm. where, where can I find joy today?
0: Beautiful. right? And,
1: and the joy then, where can I find joy in eating food? So what does healthy look like for me, or how do I define it? Balance. I can go and have a few glasses of wine, no issue and get back like this week we went out last night i'm on my detox program right now we went and had a beautiful vegan meal had some wine and fantastic i got back on my detox and i didn't even think 2 seconds about it mm-hmm. because yeah. when we beat ourselves up for something we then hold on to it yeah and then guilt and shame come right and then it's that cycle and so beating the cycle was because i truly fell in love with me And that's not to say there's not hard days, like we all have them. But yeah, through, through the deep, deep, deep self work, and feeling like I never fit in anywhere, and having all the success, and then losing, quote unquote, all the success. What I found was the success within you will always as cliche it is, be better, be more fulfilling, more rewarding. But Mm -hmm. it's, it's what we hear over and over again. And it's just, that was my journey. Beautiful. I think that's such a powerful message to end on. But before we do,
0: I want to ask you, Yes. what is one thing that you are loving right now? You.
1: Stop. Stop, stop <laughs> but don't. <laughs> stop it. No, I'm, I'm loving the relationships that I have in my life. So you, my partner, you know, other friends that we have that are moving here. I love the community that, that you're helping create that I'm doing here. And it's, I'm really enamored with the fact that all of us are busy, busier than almost, it feels like we've ever been. And with that, what I've learned is I value connection so greatly. And one of the big pieces that I learned through this whole journey was the thing that you seek is what you sabotage. It's what you push away. So for me, loving connection, I was a master saboteur of pushing people away. And now, you know, what do I love? I love the connection. I love being here. I love that we get to just have this deep, soulful, juicy chat. Mm-hmm. And, and that it's like aligned with our purpose and helping other people. So yeah, so mm. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. <laughs> just going to bask in that mm. answer for one more moment. Something that turns you on? Ooh, something that turns me on. Getting in touch with my more feminine side. I've been going on this journey, and it's been a, a, a few years long journey of going. For, I used to reside in my masculine because that's what protected me, and realizing that I don't need to live in that space anymore. I'm. I've always loved clothes. I was in fashion. I was a model. Like so, I'm. I'm really learning of like colors that light me up and textures that light me up and, Ooh, I'm wearing lingerie for the first time in my life consistently. So just getting to play with this essence inside of me that I've, I've never done is Mm. actually feeling, making me feel more powerful than ever before.
0: Beautiful. Love that. And the last time you experienced magic.
1: Ooh, last time. I mean, every day, does that count? Mm -hmm. Um, Besides every day, which is true, last time I experienced magic was, I mean, the, the one that just pops in my head and it's not the last time, but the, it it was saying yes to my now fiance coming to travel over New Year's to where I was. And it was me trusting my intuition, him trusting his intuition and us both meeting each other with a yes
0: that's magic yeah beautiful so Nikki where can everyone come and find you get more of Nikki Sharp in their lives please direct everyone to your page your website it,
1: it's so easy it's Nikki Sharp NikkiSharp on Instagram Sharp at all the places
0: beautiful yeah. well thank you so thank much thank you you're amazing as are you my dear mm-hmm. as are you So beloveds, I hope you loved that episode. If you did, please do share it on the gram, tag me, tag Nikki, let us know what you thought. Um, Please do leave us a review. Your reviews absolutely mean the world to me. They help us grow this community. And until next time, I hope that your life is filled with love, sex, and magic.